in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. All right. Father, once again, we say thank you. Speak to us, Lord, because we are here to hear from you and to receive a word from the journey of life. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Why don't you look at somebody and say, good to see you. Welcome to church. Put your hands together for Jesus. Are you clapping? Are you clapping? Are you clapping? Are you clapping to Jesus? Hallelujah. started teaching on fulfilling your ministry and we said that everyone has a ministry God is patient He does not envy He does not boast He raises You don't know whether they should continue or you will come in. He's Almighty God, Elohim, Maker of the Adidas, Heaven's King, God of Endless Word, His Five 
focus areas. Is that good English? Okay. Okay. <laughs> so what are the five major areas we are looking at? Number one, why are we here on earth? What does it mean to serve God? Oh my God. And what again? Uh huh. Hey, I'm not getting it all. All right. So we have begun the teachings already. And I'm going to um, begin with the first one, which is why are we here on earth? Now, last week, I gave a very long um, introduction. So to answer the question. We are here basically to serve God. The Hebrew word and the Greek word for service both connote a sense of worship and ministry. So to serve basically means to worship and to minister to. We are here to worship God and to minister to him. When you are doing it, it means you are serving God. Any act of worship is an act of service. When God told Israel to leave Egypt, all that we saw when they got to the promised land was worship. And yet Moses said they were brought out of Egypt to serve God. So serving and worship are used interchangeably in the scriptures. When you say somebody is worshiping God, it means the person is serving God. Or if somebody is serving God, it means the person is worshiping God. Do you get it? So what does it mean to serve? Service connotes a sense of yielding one's strength. Now we said service means worship. Worship means service. So what is service? I said it connotes a sense of yielding one's strength. Will and abilities to do the bidding of another. Using your strength, your will, your abilities to do the bidding, request or wishes, demands or instructions, Commandments of another. 
That is what it means to serve. So when you are serving someone, it means you are using your strength to do something for someone or you are submitting your will to do something for someone. Or you are using your abilities. In the Bible, abilities also connotes a sense of possessions. So what you have, your abilities may include your gifts, your talents, your resources, material or immaterial. And using it to serve. So to serve means to work or to labor. So to serve God means to labor or work for God by yielding oneself to obey and to do his bidding. Now, if you are writing notes, I think that some of you should even go to some people to take their notes. And yeah, because sometimes, like what I mentioned, you write A, B, C, like that. I'm saying different things. <laughs> you understand? But people are just writing like that. <laughs> I'm giving different definitions to help you. So, Serving further implies denial of one's rights and privileges. You like this type of teaching? You know, I told you that this week to be slow. I hope it continues, but it may change. Glory to God. It implies denying of one's rights and privileges to become a slave or be put under forced labor voluntarily or involuntarily. Voluntary or involuntary. So whether it is against you are doing it voluntarily or willingly or not. It means giving up your rights and privileges. Whether willingly or unwillingly. To become a slave. That is what it means to serve. To become a slave or to be put under forced labor. Now, this explanation, which is to be put under forced labor, is the basis for the word serve, which is the word abad, A-B-A-D, or diaconio. Diaconio is Greek, from which we get deacon or diaconos. So, diaconio, which means deacon, 
It actually means to minister as in bond servant or bond service. You remember Paul, a bond servant of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now the word bond servant means a slave. So when Paul said Paul, a bond servant, he was saying that Paul is slave of Jesus Christ. And that word, the servant, actually means a slave. So it means to minister, to serve as a slave. Serve also means to worship or to minister. So a servant of God is the one who serves, who ministers, or who worships God. To serve means to worship or to minister. A servant of God is the one who worships or ministers to God. I believe that by now we have answered the question of what it means to serve. To serve, what does it mean? Now, one of the things I've realized is that most of us, it's not most of you. In fact, our part of the world, we don't understand the English language. Now, when you, the Bible says, he that thinks he knows, he knows not even as he ought to. When you think you know something, the Bible says it's a sign that you don't know it. Now, if I am to ask you that, what does the word serve mean? So, okay, I think that we have some English teacher here. Who was, what's the left hand, what's the name of your school? Three towns, I nearly say left and right in your eye. Three Towns Senior High. Uh, fresh out also. Apart from what I have said, generally, know your point, though, like based on your English experience, English teaching experience, what do you think people think when they say that this one is, is serving? Or is, when they say serve, what do you think people want? understand that way. Okay, so basically I think when we hear serve, what comes to mind basically is that to offer yourself to do a particular job for somebody. Is that not what we said? But I'm not talking about your point. What do people think? Like, you know sometimes people think in a certain way. So when they say, oh, Charlie, tell your wife to come and serve us. Uh-huh. So, exactly, uh, look, let exactly explain as well as you. So, Pastor, please, the first thing that actually came to my mind was the example you gave, a woman serving. So, you're serving food or water, anything to a visitor. So, when you say somebody is serving, it means he's serving food or water. Yeah, that's the first thing that actually came to mind. Uh-huh. In our part of the world. When you say that, you have to serve. 
What does it mean? I think that for me, by my interaction with people and per my subjective assessment of their understanding of the English language, mostly when you say somebody has to serve, people think that what you are saying is that you should be engaged in an activity. Like, oh, you have to serve this man if you want to cast something from him. And to them, serving is the engaging in activity. But it's right. When you check it from the original Bible understanding, it does not necessarily convey a sense of being engaged in an activity. But it actually means how you have to approach the activity. It's not just doing something, but how you are doing it. That's what service means. And the Bible says, from the definitions we have given, which perhaps maybe you didn't understand, that's why I'm saying it this way, is that you have to attend to the activity like a slave will attend to his master. So when you say somebody is serving, it means that the person is behaving like a slave with respect to an activity. And who is a slave? A slave is somebody who is doing something against his will. Number two, a slave is somebody who has no right of his own. Like, somebody is serving a man of God. I'm using man of God because we can easily relate. Afterwards, I'll come to the main teaching, which is God. Then the man of God calls you. You are serving him. You say you are serving him. Then he says that, oh, who, 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 what name is not here? Meliki Sadiq. <laughs> Meliki. I want you to come and then do something for me in the house. Then Melchizedek Sadiq will say, oh, okay, okay, okay. I'll come back. I just came back from some farm. I'm very tired, so I'll sleep two hours and afterwards I'll come. That's not a slave behavior. A slave has no will of his own. When we say we are serving God, you can't say that, oh God, I want to finish school, then I'll serve you. You don't have a will of your own. Oh, when I marry, I'll serve God. Then you, then you are not a servant anymore. So serving is not just engaging in activity. But the manner, the, the behavior towards the activity, how you do it. So if you check the definitions we gave, the definition is emphasizing on behaving like a slave, becoming a bond servant, yielding yourself, your right. That is, all, and all the definitions I'm giving is from Greek dictionaries and Hebrew dictionaries. May I don't use English dictionary because the Bible was written in English. And if you check the English dictionary, you realize that they also took their definitions from the Greek and the Hebrew. Because English, Ankasani, it doesn't have any words. They borrow all the English words. Almost all were taken from classical, the classics. English, 
sorry, Greek and Latin, which Greek and Latin, or especially Latin, also borrowed extensively from Hebrew. So Greek, Hebrew, Latin is actually English language. All the three together is what forms the English language. So any English word you mention, we can find its root from Greek. For instance, if you check the word salary, which is the English word, actually is a Greek, a, a Latin word for salt. So for them, salary simply means at the end of the month when you work, they give you salt. So that it seasons you for the rest of the 30 days. And you come back. If I'm going to find out the etymology of the word salary, you will come to salt. <laughs> so, salary means salt. Salt that they give to you for working. Are you here? It's like that throughout. That's why I said the word deacon. Deacon is an English word. But it is from the word diaconio, which is a Greek word for service. Did you get it? <laughs> so mostly when you mention the word, like if you say, oh, somebody is kind. All of us know kind. But if I'm to ask one by one, we realize that we don't understand it. Like in Ghana, when you say laugh, they mean that when I say I love you, it means I want us to have sex. It also means I want us to be in a relationship. Or uh, it's not like that. It's not like that. <laughs> hey. When a Ghanaian says, I respect you. Not even a Ghanaian, African. When you, do you know the meaning of the word respect? Okay, have you heard of the word respectively? What does respectively mean? When you say respectively, it means considering in isolation. So when somebody says, I respect you, it means... I see you in a way that I don't see like any other person. But is that how we understand respect? <laughs> so I'm not mentioning big English words. I'm mentioning small, small, small English words that we don't know it. That's why I'm saying that when you say the word self, it connotes a sense of yielding one's will. So when he said, I want to serve, it means from today, I want to yield my will. That what you say is what is said. What I'm saying doesn't matter. How many of you have realized that we are here to be servants of God? Should I go over the definition again? So that now with this backdrop, with this understanding, we will now see the word in a certain way. Yes, uh -huh. So, pastor, so this dictionary, how can we get it? There are plenty. If you have a phone, you can get a very good dictionary on it. I have over 30 dictionaries on my phone. Especially Android. It's common for Android and the iOS. Yes. The Android phones, there are plenty. So, no Apple, they bring everything they want you to buy. 
And I know you will not buy an app. <laughs> How many of you have bought an app before? Even Netflix, if somebody's in Togo, his account in, in French, and you are watching it in French. Hey, what's that you want? Even Netflix, how much do they pay in a month? 30 CDs and above. Why? Well, they have different packages. And what are the packages? There's premium and ordinary and other things. I didn't know this. And you pay. You pay with what? Mobile money or card? Visa card? Eh. In Ghana, do we buy apps? So then they crack it. I have some some notes on Evernote. You know that they have stopped giving keys. All my keys are on Evernote. And the Evernote people have locked the app that I should pay premium to unlock. And I check, I think it's 40 cities. I said they should take the notes. <laughs> They should take it. The keys are inside of us. So up to date, I'm not able to assess my notes. Plenty, over 100 notes. Different, all the keys we have said in the church are in Evernote. Do you know Evernote? It's like notes, an app for taking notes. It arranges the notes for you. They have locked it up. Peter, Peter cracked it for us some time ago. You can crack it again. Oh! Then see me after church and help me. I need help. He's a cracker. We say Kabrochan Kumachina tomorrow. But most of us here, the windows we use are not original. We don't buy, I just tell somebody, we don't buy apps here. Do you know they have YouTube that you can buy? They have uh, YTV, YouTube TV. I uh, know you have to pay. And then the YouTube too, you can pay that you don't see adverts again. That way I watch, you don't see adverts. And then it also gives you research documents for people who are selling their YouTube information. Mostly you get those ones. Like, yeah, like that. But we like the free one, isn't it? Most of us, this is what we do. Download the trial version. After the trial version, we, uh, we delete it. Then we download again. And say trial version. <laughs> Macho pa. So sometimes when you go up and say, oh, 40 million people have downloaded this app. One person has downloaded 100 times. It's not real. It's not real. <laughs> So serving implies denial of one's rights and privileges to become a slave or to be put under forced labor. It connotes a sense of yielding one's strength, will, and abilities to do the bidding of another. It means 
to labor or to work. It means to labor or work for God by yielding oneself to obey and to do the bidding of God. Now, I'm just going over, so wherever you have fallen short. And then, it says also means to worship or minister. So a servant of God is the one who worships or ministers to God. Now, worship is extreme reverence. <laughs> now, if I'm to also ask that, what does the word worship means? Proskonio. Now, when we say, oh, why, why is it God? Why are you worshiping your pastor? So what does it mean to worship? To adore. So are you not adoring your wife? What again? It's like when somebody says that, oh, they have been brainwashed. Brainwash is not a negative word. There's nothing bad about brainwashing. Brainwashing means that removing filth from the brain. You are washing your brain. You are washing your brain. You are so cleaning your, your, your omoing your, 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 uh, clean softing and detergent your whatever. So there's nothing bad with brainwashing. Actually, that's how we learn. We learn by unlearning certain things. So to brainwash means to help somebody unlearn that some filth is being removed from your head. But we think that to brainwash means to deceive someone. But brainwashing doesn't mean to deceive. So when I tell you, you have to use that word. Use it well. Oh, they have been brainwashed. And so they have been indoctrinated. Indoctrinated is not a negative word. To indoctrinate means to put doctrine in someone. And the word doctrine means teaching. The daskalio means teach, to teach. So to indoctrinate someone means to teach the person. So how can you say that, oh, they have been taught? And you say it's negative. Oh, don't leave them, leave them, leave them. They have been taught. Leave them, leave them, they have been indoctrinated. And that's why I said that we don't understand it. all the things I'm saying. You can go and find out from the dictionary. Then it's even easy to understand. In and doctrine. In doctrine. That's all. To put doctrine in someone. <laughs> did, did you get it? Uh-huh. A servant is some, the one who serves, worships, ministers. Subjects, submits himself towards a particular work for someone. Now, why are we here on earth? We are here to serve God. Now, how do you know? We'll use so many examples. Number one, when God took Israel out of Egypt. Now, in the Bible, there's something called typology, not types and shadows, but the substance of Christ is under systematic theology. Egypt is a type of something. 
You understand? How do you know? The Bible said that when Moses passed through the Red Sea, all Israel were baptized. So when you come out of the world, you are baptized. So Israel, Egypt is the world. The scepter of Pharaoh is the serpent, speaking of the devil. Actually, the devil is Pharaoh. Whenever you read the Bible and see Pharaoh, it's actually the devil. Because Egypt is the world. The world is, the world system is Egypt. So Egypt speaks of the world. The king Pharaoh is the Satan that is ruling the world. And God called his children out of the world. And to take them to the promised land. The promised land too is heaven. The heaven that God has, the kingdom of God, God has promised his children. Do you understand? Yes. And all the reasons that God gave that they should leave Egypt. I'll give you two of them. Number one, Exodus chapter 4. Verse 22. I don't know, but I feel excited within me. It says, then you shall say to Pharaoh, that says the Lord, Israel is my son. Are you the child of God? Yes, are you sure you are the child of God? Yes. You are the reason why the Israelites were called the children of God. Throughout the Old Testament, no Jew called himself a child of God. It was on their exodus journey movement that they were called the children of God. Why? Because God didn't give birth to them as he gave birth to us. So they are a picture of us. So we are the children of God. Now, son is actually, those days it was a neuter. Now it is masculine. It says, my firstborn. Mm-hmm. In other words, my first of my children to be born. Then he says, so I say to you, let my son go that he may serve me. God is saying that Moses, go and tell Pharaoh these things. Let my son go that he may what? That he may marry. When I say that he may marry, then you say the actual one. That he may marry. That he may get money. That he may live long. That he may give birth. That he may have a car. That he may have a house. Clap for yourself. (laughs) So why did God save us? Now, if God saved us to take us to heaven, the day we got born again, that day now he will take us to heaven. But that we will save him. So, he says that you may save me, but if you refuse to let my first son go to save me, then I will kill your son and your firstborn. Anything that stops you from serving God, it's actually a dangerous thing. God can kill it for you. No, me, I love my children. I don't want to be going to church. Don't worry. You, you'll be shocked. God will watch you. Uh, one day, they will all leave the house and they'll have nothing to do with you as if you never gave birth to them. And God will show you how foolish you have been. When children don't remember their parents, sometimes because the parents didn't allow them to serve God. 
You may not even kill them. Your pastor, I don't know this is my job. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Do, do you understand? Yes, All right. Look at another verse. Exodus chapter 10. Now, when you read the Bible, the whole book of Exodus is a picture of our work on this earth. All that we are doing on this earth is in Exodus. How we are supposed to do it is in Leviticus. What we will get after we have done it is in Deuteronomy. And that's how God has decided to. Even who to do it eh, is in Numbers. That's how the Bible is. It's a perfect book. (laughs) So, uh, as we are here, we are sojourners and pray. That's what it means, Exodus. We are on a pilgrimage. We are, we are not from here. We are sojourners. Do you understand it? This is not our home. We are just passing through. So imagine Israel, they are going to the promised land. When they got to the land of the Midianites, then they decided to do farming there. When they decided to do that, God killed them. Then they said, okay, okay, okay. We are coming to marry. Then they went to marry and God killed them. Because that's not your work. So, Pastor, are you saying that we shouldn't marry? Now, if I'm saying I should, then why am I married? That's what the Bible says those who are married, they should live as if they are not married. You understand? We are actually on a journey. The Pilgrim's Progress. It's a book. Uh, it's a book. Oh, it's not a book. And a movie. It's one of the most widely sold books. I think the second most widely sold book in the world, apart from the Bible. Now everything is, but what is the first? The Passion of the Christ, Jesus movie, is the most widely sold movie. The second is Avatar. And Avatar is demons. Now, Pilgrim's Progress. <laughs> in the church there, the Bible is always the first in everything in the world. What's the most popular figure in history? Is Jesus. What's the most popular person in history? Is Jesus. What's the biggest religion in the world? Christians. The highest number of human beings who call themselves Christians eh, are more than all the others. We are always first. Uh, God, people think that God is losing. He's not losing. Well, the statistics we have given, huh? majority of the people who are married in the world are Christians. Oh, yes. Everything we are first. <laughs> are you here with me? Okay, so 26, 10, is that 10? Our livestock also shall go with us. Last week we dwelt extensively here. Now, when eventually the Pharaoh said that, okay, you can now go and serve God, but leave your children behind. They said, no, okay, okay, then you go with your children. Now, leave your animals behind. And this is what Moses replied Pharaoh. Our livestock, huh? our livestock also shall go with us. Now, I'm coming to explain all of these things. Some of you have cars, they don't come to church. Yeah. 
Uh, it means your life talk is not going with you. There are people who say, well, me, I go to church to serve God. It's not a place for my money. It means your livestock is left behind. It's still in Egypt. A man of God was telling me something very interesting. A man came to his office to beg for money. Then he gave him 3,000 cities. And they spoke. And he said he wants to also connect him to go and talk to um, this Nanasawam uh, company of anything. Star, the boss, you know. Former finance minister. So the man of God should connect him to go and talk to Kabana Dufour. Do you know why? In about 10 years ago, this pastor didn't have a venue to do church. They used to do church at a place called YMCA Adabraka. And they sat them. And they found a land at Circle to buy. And they didn't have money to buy the land. So they came, like the way we have been doing here, they came to announce it in the church that, oh, please, we have found this land, it's important, let us come to. Then this man, at that time, was an owner of a bank. And he told one of the church members that, this land that they are going to buy here, is not my money that they are going to use you to buy the land. Me, I will not give anything. And if I will give, they have to bring the tight records of all the church members for me to see before I give. At that time, it was like a microfinance. Then, gradually, gradually, they bought the land, but it also became a bank. Now, a fully-fledged bank. So, the pastor went to check the tight records, and they went, even he cried that he said they have to check members' charge. He cried he doesn't give tight, but he had money. He bought V8, those kind of things. Then the recent bank sweep, his own too was swept. As I talk now, he has over 300 million. That has been seized. He has over 200 cars that are held in different warehouses that they have been blocked. And all his banks have been closed. Now, the shocking thing is that even the judges, the, the matter is in court. Even the judges don't know why the case is taking long like that. He goes to court and they postpone. He goes to court. Now his cars are getting rotten. And what to eat is a problem. And he came to this man of God to beg him for money. This is, you see, when you, everything is going on well for you, it is the easiest time to be unwise. Well, sometimes, like as we are standing here, you never know that tomorrow will not meet you. Now, nobody has plans for that. Yesterday, we were standing here at CV around maybe 11, 12 p.m. And a man came to park in front of the church. And we told him that people are moving things, so he can't park there. We can't enter the church, so he should move to the filling station and Tarek will help him pack there. The man kept talking plenty and Samson said that the man is drunk. Eventually he was drunk. And after he has done everything, he went to move. He came to the filling station and he couldn't find his car. So he came to call Tarek that, where's my car? That's when we got to know he was drunk because 
The car is at the finish station. He can't tell which of them is mine. <laughs> and then they, he showed him the car and he sat in the car and moved. As he was driving, I just told them that it's God who takes care of human beings. Because he that is drunk is not a problem. But you too, you're also a road user. And somebody who is drunk is also, he can just run into you and kill you. Because he's drunk, he can't, he can't even identify his own car. But he, he drove. I'm sure he was going home. He drove. He came to pick a lady, eh? Ah. So as we are here, we don't know what will happen tomorrow. Like, all the banks, they collapsed. No, none of them thought that there they, 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 they will ever be a time that a bank will be collapsed. Or it's a bank will be killed. I'm sure they wouldn't have done some of the things they did if they knew that something like that was going to happen. But they didn't know. So when things are working for you, you're a young person, very beautiful, your cheeks are standing, the boy is handsome, you have muscles, you can't even tell what tomorrow holds. So God is saying that don't leave your livestock behind. Then he told Moses that, tell Pharaoh, that our livestock will go with us. Not a hoof. Now, a hoof is the leg of a, 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 you know what the animals whose legs are like this? It's parted into two. It's called hoof. So even their hoof, hmm, it's like the sole of their feet. That thing, they cut it off. It helps them to run well. If it is too old, they are not able to make a few pains. Even that one, it will go with us. We will not leave it behind. So what it means is that when you come to God, everything goes in. Nothing is left behind. Why? Because you don't know why that thing you are leaving behind, God gave it to you. It may be the key to open the door in front of you. Hello? God gave you beauty. You can't leave it behind. God gave you strength. You can't leave it behind. God gives you money, you can't leave it behind. Why? You don't know how useful it will be in your journey with God. Though he said that, for we must take some of them to serve. <laughs> how many of you have realized that the most kind Christian still doesn't use all? The most philanthropic believer still doesn't use all. So here, he was even talking about the material riches because there is no check that to say that bring every material possession. So he said we must use some. We must use some to serve the Lord. We must use some to serve the Lord. Our God. And even we in other words, apart from the things that we have, which we say we are going to use some to serve God, as for ourselves too, we do not even know what we must serve the Lord. We do not know with what we must serve the Lord until we arrive at the promised land. We can't tell. Actually, it was on the promised land he told them that this is what you are going to use to serve God. Number one, your firstborn is for me. They didn't know. So as soon as you give birth, the first child is a priest for the family. 
If he's a leper, he's a priest for the country, the whole nation. They didn't know that this, their goat, their ram, their sheep, whatever, are going to be used for burnt offerings and all manner of offerings. They didn't know that even their wheat, 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 they are supposed to use the flour to bake things as sacrifices. Can you imagine? Then, they didn't also know that even their time, God is going to take one day off the whole day. Sabbath, you can't touch it. It's not for you. You can't go to farm. If somebody is even owing you, he cannot pay you on that day. Because as soon as you take it, it belongs. Whatever you get on the Sabbath is for God. So if somebody is owing you and the person is bringing us a Sabbath, say, go back. Ah, go back. Go back, don't you? <laughs> touch it. It belongs to God. Your stomach. You can't eat until the, the night falls. Then you can now go and break your sabbatical fast. Even God, when he's giving them food, on the Friday, he'll give them double portion. So that Saturday, they don't have to go out to gather. Because when the, when, the, when the manna comes on Friday, the next time it will come is Sunday. So you take for Friday one, one bowl, Saturday one, one bowl. It will not go bad. But if Sunday you gather two bowls, Monday will come and that one is rotting with worms. So it was not that the manna was 24 hour expiry date. It was because it was kept by the word of God. That if you gather two apart from Sunday, I mean Friday, you can't eat it. Why? Your stomach is for God that day. Every aspect, and the Moses was so sincere that we don't even know what God is requiring of us, what we are going to use to serve God. Do you understand? <laughs> then he says, 27. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart after this revelation from Moses. Stay! Pharaoh says, I will still be a Pharaoh. <laughs> so from these two reasons, another reason, Deuteronomy chapter 10. Verse 12. Um, where um, two or three matter is established on the testimony. So I'm, mostly when I'm looking for evidence for any Bible belief, I look for three or more verses on it. And it becomes conclusive. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? And now, children of God, and now, beloved Christian, and now, who, who are born again, you who are born again, what does the Lord your God require of you? Number one, to fear the Lord your God. Number two, to walk in all his ways and to love him, number three. And number four, to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. So, based on these three bullets, it looks as if we are here only to serve God. Hello. So, what are the essential ingredients to use to serve God? That is point number three, isn't it? I will skip that one and come to number four. 
and number four, uh, no, number three has ten points. Number four has ten points. So number four, I'll give one point. Then next week, I'll come back to number three. Do you understand? Yes. So I want to. Uh, what what is number three? What are the restraints? Is it number three or number four? Number four. What are the restraints? What are some of the impediments that may come someone's way that the person will not be able to serve God? Or in our attempt to serve God, what are some of the impediments, encumbrances, things that will try to stop us from serving God? Are you here with me? So, number one. The love of money. Now, under the love of money, which is the first out of the ten points, under the love of money, I have ten points. <laughs> That's why I was telling you that if the thing goes like this, it will take one year, we will not finish. Because I'm going to show you the love of money, number one, Demas. Number two, Judas. Number three, the prodigal son. Number four, the rich fool. Number five, so I'm giving you all the people who couldn't serve God because of money. Huh? Yeah, Gehazi is part. I can show it to you. Yes, Gehazi is also here represented. Yeah? Okay. So, um, let's look at out of the 10 subsidiaries of the 10 means, the first one is the love of Now, it's not only the love of money. Number two is um, the, um, the judgment of men. How the judgment of men can affect you in making an attempt to serve God. Then I also have accusations, slander, and malice. Then I have offenses. Then I have the curse of life. Then I come to household enemies. Do you know what Jesus said? He said, a man's enemy shall be those of his household. Now, this scripture, a lot of people don't understand. No, when Jesus Christ said that a man's enemy shall be those of his household. Question. What is a household? Now, there's not a house and a household. Mm. When you talk about a household, you are talking about the individual elements that make up a house. So it's like respectively. What are the things in the house? That is the household. So when Jesus says a man's enemy shall be those of his household, it means the things in your house will become an enemy unto you. Your children are in your house. Your wife, your husband is in your house. Your TV is in your house. Your bathroom is in your house. Your kitchen is in your house. But this is how we understand it. 
A man's enemy shall be the witches in his house. So if there's no witch in your house, you don't have an enemy. That scripture doesn't apply to you. It applies to everybody. I said the people in the house. It may be witches in the house. But it, it will shock you that there are people who couldn't fulfill their ministry because of people in their homes. But those people were not witches. Yes. I wish we would glean a little lesson from church history. And look at the examples of how the household enemies of Catherine Coleman, the household enemy of Amy McPherson, she had Amy Simple McPherson. The Simple was his first husband, McPherson, his second husband, like that, like that, like that, like that, like that, like that, like that. Then you come to William Braham. William Braham went to preach for a small church. And they told him that they want him to become the main speaker for the church for like a whole year. It comes with so many benefits. When he came home, his mother-in-law, which is the mother of his wife, told him that these people you are going to preach with are people who have been sacked from people's churches. They are all rascals and rebels. And you don't have to go and waste yourself because God is not with them. And he didn't preach for them. William Brown suffered many things that Jesus Christ came to him and said, because of that particular preaching appointment he rejected is the reason for his sufferings. And he wrote in his memoir that it is one of the worst mistakes he ever made in his ministry. But the advice came from his mother-in-law. A man's enemy. You see, when the Bible talks about enemy, it's talking about the one that prevents you from serving God. Or the thing that prevents you from serving God. And that's Satan. Satan is the one who says, I will not let the firstborn go. You remember Pharaoh? So anything that doesn't want you to serve God is that particular enemy. And he said, the first one will be those from your household. So when we come to household enemies, I will explain based on all of these things. Then about attacks from Satan. But they are direct and indirect attacks. When the di- indirect attacks fail, Satan gives direct attack. Indirect attack is when he employs others to do his bidding. And if they fail, then he comes to his tries with sicknesses, diseases, so that you will be off the ministry. Well, the truth is, if you are blind, you can't pastor a church. How will you read your Bible? If you become crippled, how will you get up to go to church? Hello? So, that's that's another form of demonic hindrances, but we will explain all of them. But today, my emphasis in the next, hey, 16 minutes, as as I'm giving only one. If I give all the time, we will not close. That's why I've skipped number three to come to. So, I'm reading Luke chapter 12, verse 1 to 59. The the, the deceitfulness of riches. Number one, the rich fool. Today we will not go to Judas, we will not go to Demas, we will not go to all of those wild names. Now, Luke chapter 12, verse 1. In the meantime, when an immutable multitude, innumerable multitude of people had gathered together so that they trampled one another, Jesus began to say to his apple, first of all, 
Beware of the living of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Now, everything he is saying in this chapter is about serving God. And the things that will um, try or attempt to stop you from serving God. I know that mostly when you are reading the Bible, you are rushing, but I don't want us to rush now. We are taking our time to go through like that. I'm actually, the whole point is in Luke chapter 12, verse 1 to 59. I'm just reading the point to you. And the point is the rich fool. The example of the rich fool. Do you get it? Okay. I know you like this type of teachings. Teachings that the pastor doesn't say his mind. It's just the Bible he's reading. Don't you like it? It says, for there is nothing covered that will not be revealed, nor hidden that will not be known. Whatever that is spoken in the dark, it shall be heard in the light. And whatever you are spoken in the ear, in inner rooms, it will be proclaimed on housetops. Now, what that means, that even small thing you do for God, it will be remembered. But it also means bad things. And I said to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that have no power, have no more that they can do. Uh-huh. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after he has killed, has power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins? And yet, not even one of the sparrows is forgotten before God. This is how it puts it. It's not a needle sold for 30 pesos. And yet God does, it does like that. As insignificant as, listen, it's not a needle sold for one peso. Yet God remembers the needle. So even if something as cheap as a sparrow, cheap, very cheap for two copper coins, very, very cheap, God even remembers the sparrow. So how much more you, but we have not gotten there yet. You are more than three copper coins. Okay. Let me show you, even in money wise. Eh, if somebody is to do kidney transplant, how much would the person pay? Okay. Not, not dialysis, transplant. Let, let's assume that the person will pay $20,000, which is more, way more. <laughs> Now, it means that you have two kidneys, is it? So, just your two kidneys, $40,000. Now, let us come to your eyes. Now, if somebody even wears prosthetics huh, for the leg, when they cut it and they put metal inside and they do something, how much will it cost? Now, somebody did some, it was about $50,000. Like, what they do is that maybe we have a lot of pains at this joint. So, arthritis, any of those things, they remove this ball on top, then they cut here, cut here, put a metal inside so that the metal will be doing that thing for you. Do, do, do you get it? So that you don't feel pains again. Because as you grow, $50,000. So, one leg, let's assume that just one leg, $50,000. $50,000. Now, if somebody is to do, I, I'm just telling you how much you are worth monetary, monetary value of the human being. Now, if you do hair transplant, 
like you are a bald-headed person. Then you go to Mexico or Turkey to go and put hair on your head. Natural. It's not like... And hair will grow. They do a transplant like that. Uh, it's about $100,000. Now, that's how much your hair is worth. Do, do, do you get it? Now, let us come to your heart. If you check, you'll be over $10 million. If you are to, now, if your intestines, they are to, to, to value it. If somebody goes to do a surgery to cut the intestines and the joint, and do you know how much they will pay? And even the maintenance of it. Nama, nama. The hazard people call intestines, nama, nama. Then you come to your tongue. Now, before you realize it, your whole human body eh, is millions of dollars. Now, if something is burning in your house, a needle and your Range Rover, which one will you move? Huh? So the Bible says that God is so careful that even the needle, quickly he goes to, he doesn't forget those things. Do you understand? It is to help you see that there is no need in Worrying about things. Then he says, but the very hair. <laughs> now, when he talk about the sparrows, then he came to the hair. So, to let you know that the hair is more even valuable than the sparrows. Even hair that we cut and throw them away. They are so valuable to God that he has numbered them. And that's English. You know there's something to number and to count. There are five people here. That is count. You are number four, number two, number five, number three, number one. What's your number? You have been numbered. So numbering is identification. Counting is computation, addition and subtraction. So God has numbered the head. Yeah, uh, let me remove one for you. It didn't come. Hey, this one I've taken more than 10. God knows the number. Maybe this one is number 3,742. The other one is number 2,847,000. I can see like 10 on my fingers. He says he has numbered them. Not that he has counted them. He has given number to them. This one is number this. This one is number this. This one is number this. To show how meticulous, how careful he is about every detail of you. God knows your height with precision. He can subtract how much your shoe has added to your height. Then he says, do not fear, therefore. You have more value than many, many sparrows. Also, I say to you, whoever confesses me before men, him, the son of man also, will confess before the angels of God. But he who denies me, before men will be denied before the angels of God. Now, when we see this denier here, we think it is talking about people who didn't give their life to Christ. 
No. We call this scripture for soul winning, but it has nothing to do with soul winning. It has everything to do with people who were too busy for sparrows and for adorning of their hairs and denied service to God. And he says, and anyone who speaks a word against the son of man, it will be forgiven him. But to him who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit, as for that one, it will not be forgiven. Now, when they bring you to the synagogues and magistrate authorities, do not worry about how or what you should answer or what you should say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. So that if you are concerned as how to answer men, he said, leave it to the Spirit of God. If it is about what to eat, he said, look at the sparrow. They don't, God, you are more valuable than them. If it's about, so he's showing us our excuses and the answers he is giving to them. Like, listen to me. There are people eh, it is almost impossible for them to serve God because of the issues of life. They have loans to settle. They have this. They, they have also like it's understandable. It's not I don't understand. But the Bible is telling us that the problem is not the issues you have. It's your faith in God that is not strong that He can provide. So that even if it is about judges, don't worry. Put the scripture on the screen. Then, one from the crowd said to him, teach her. Tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. <laughs> now, have you seen why somebody is not serving God? He's looking for inheritance. <laughs> Pastor, um, the way my father is sick right now, is in Bobole uh, boy, and I want to go and sit by him so that I have stopped the church. Please call somebody to come and continue the pla- the pastoring, so that when my father dies, I'll get inheritance. Because the way he's going there, he's likely to die, and I'll take over from him. So that's somebody's concern. Hello, <laughs> he has killed his father; is in his head. But he said to him, "Man, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you?" He said to them, take heed and beware of covetousness. <laughs> How can desiring my father's inheritance be covetousness? Because your father is somebody. Do not covet the goods of another. Your father is somebody. You are coveting your father's goods. I watched criminal investigation. Two people killed their parents for their insurance. Yeah. Actually, it was not two people. They were two children. And the boy killed the father. And so that he would get insurance. Because anytime he asks for money, his father doesn't give him much money. I give him $3,000. But his, the father is rich that the father can even give him $1 million. So, and he realized that he has about $4 million in insurance. So that when the father dies, the insurance comes to the children. And then he killed his father. Covetousness. He said, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. So that 
Possession can be the reason. I'm talking about deceitfulness of riches. How riches make us not serve God? Because throughout the world, if it's not money, why would people not serve God? And I realize that we don't seem to get enough of it. God be great is still working. Yesterday I saw that Elon Musk has introduced a new company. It's artificial. It's a robot that does forex for you. So when you go, just open the robot and put your money in the robot. And it's 97% risk-free. Because the robot analyzes all the trade. Like you, you are sitting behind computer checking and opening things one by one. The, 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 and it's a software. It's a software. And they were interviewing him on BBC. And I was like, where the super sicker? He said to them, take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life does not consist on the abundance of the things he possesses. Next verse. How many of you have heard that we are almost done with the reading? We are even right now, we are 16 already. Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, Now, if you didn't read all the 15 verses we have read, you will not see where, why we have come here. Every one of the verses is responding to the excuses relating with money. Excuses relating with material possession. Pastor Winfred, you are building a church, you need money. Why are you preaching against money? I'm not preaching against money. I'm preaching against anything that prevents you from serving God. How many of you have seen people preaching like this and people putting money on the altar? If I was to preach that God is changing your levels, you are about to receive prosperity, you will see that the whole place will be flooded with money. Even the cater or whatever flooding will not be like the money that will be here. What does that mean? I'm not preaching what you like. I'm preaching what is in the will of God for your life. Hello? How many of you realize that when we go to heaven, thou good and faithful servant? And me, I want to be called good and faithful servant too. So I'm preaching the right things to you so that Jesus, even this side, you have done my part. How many of you have heard Pastor Infant is trying to be wise? Now the thing, no? Me, I've responded to the call of God. I'm serving God. My father wanted me to become a journalist. My mother wanted me to become a politician. And my father wanted me to become a lawyer. I wanted to become a journalist. My mother wanted me to become a politician. I didn't become any of them. Lawyer, journalist, politician. When you go to a half, eh, that is a half one, north or south. Those days it was Baladoman. My uncle is the constituency chairman. His house is at Ajirigano here. He does everything with a kufuatu and all of He told me that I'm the kingmaker here. And that place, even if you put a foul, the MPP will win. <laughs> it's that's how it is. So all I have to do. Up to date, they are all bored with me. There's another one to his too. It's like very big in the constituency. He's one of the people administrator for two enforced lands. He called me on phone and said, And then he started doing calls. I'm telling that it is from a background like this. And at the time, it was not as if we had church members. Nobody. 
Nobody. You come to church, the whole church is seven. Every Friday, I was giving drinks to all the church members, the whole church. I was feeding the whole church. Oh, oh. Jesus fed 5,000. Me too, I used to feed my church. Yes, the whole church. I'll buy uh, Tampico, the, the bottle one. And then fan nice, fan yogurt. Every Friday. And sometimes cocoa and bread. Because the whole church, they are serving. By the time I bought the finance and everything, I'm not even up to 10 cities. Those days, the finance were, I think, 70 pesos or 30 pesos or something. I'm feeding the whole church. You are still doing it. I was working in Metro Mass. My audit manager, the one I was working under, was called Dunasa. The one I was working directly under, I've forgotten his real name, but I used to call him Morino. <laughs> Metro Mass, Pamprum, Kaneshi, office room number 19. That's where I was working. So it's not as if, I'm telling you that we all have to, at a point, make a decision. And that's what I'm talking like this. Next verse. Then he spoke a parable to them saying, the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. Now, the shocking thing is that this man was not a poor man. Because most of the reason why people don't serve God because they are looking for money. This one had it. It's not as if he is the one that is seeking for money like most of us. He, he had it. And it looks as if when he, let me write this thing down. Success is addictive. That's why Baumian still wants to be president. But after being vice president, uh, it's somebody's dream. Actually, it's not somebody's dream. It's somebody's uh, wildest imagination. Like Donald Trump. Somebody president What again? If they are to change our constitution, our president will go again. After all, Muhammad is coming again. He to, is he not coming to come and vie for president? So why would they still look at Because when you become successful, you become addicted to the success. That's why mostly when people are successful, they can't stop working. It's like being at the top you know, is something that you don't want to come down again. People who are more likely to be sexually unfaithful are married people. They have had it. It looks as if what you have, you can't wean yourself from it. Oh, so pastor, when I marry, I'll serve God. Somebody said that, pastor, I mean, all my problem is with women. If I, if I, if I marry, all the problems are solved. And they say that in the world, people's problems is women, alcohol, smoking, and something like that. So, I, I, I made my own is this one. So, if I can get, it's not like that. How many of you have realized that your ex picture is still on your phone? Yeah. And I know some of you last week, you nearly tested that boy. 
you look at his pictures and say, hey, I'll cry with you there. Oh, let's see there. This year, no, see there. See, I'm a phenomenon. Well, I have, you know, what can check with the pictures? What down now? What can check? Shaka, 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 shaka. Call me, call me. You don't want to call, so you feel bad. So you wish that the person. And do you know how they pray? Yee, come in, no more cram, no more shiano. Yee! As a man, I said, Hey, how are you doing? Good to see you. How's everything? Oh, well, you people are the married people, and you don't care where they're being. What rubbish marriage? I said, Oh, you people, you are married, so you have dog ass, so I will receive you. How can you meet your ex and you tell the person you are looking beautiful? It's not a compliment, it's a death trap. It's a romance of the heart. I said, Hey, so. He still, especially when he said, Oh, I still have your pictures. Oh, sometimes I just. Hey. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I'm in a hurry, so I will, I will, I will, I will just test you when I get home. Now, if he doesn't say that, so you let me leave you. Let just say hi to me to know you have reached home. That high. That high. Then, after the chat for some time, no, no, no. He said, oh, please, I have to go and sleep. You tomorrow on my way to work. I will test you. So, it's that the conversation doesn't end. Then I said, do you remember this day? When we went to this uh, 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 restaurant. You, you, you say, oh, you, a picture, you bought a dress for somebody and the person has used that dress to take a picture to send to you. Like, X, you bought a dress. As soon as you say hi, and then he changes her DP to the dress, to the dress you bought. And she'll wear that dress and it is on her DP. Then he'll write, memory shall never fade. This one is a showdown. This one is a showdown. If you are in a relationship with somebody and it didn't work, even when in a conversation your friends are talking, his name comes up, leave the place. Yes. And mainly all of you, when attempting, leave the place. When they talk about the boy, leave the place. You don't want to hear anything that, oh, now he has bought a land, now he has built a house, now he has bought a car. It's as if your ancestors, as soon as the boy left you now, God started lifting him. Now, um, my time is up. It's on the screen. So give me the scriptures. Let me read it and let's push. Huh? 
Some of you, some of the pictures you see on people's status, you are the only one who can view it. They've made, they've made it uh, show to accept. Accept the show to that type of thing. I don't want to pressure at all. Then they'll say, oh, uh, today I'm just standing on my four acre land in East Legon and I'm about to start my real estate business. The Lord has been good to me in the last three years. Meanwhile, you broke up in the last four years. So, what have you three years? No, hold on. Or they came back. That's why you shouldn't check their status. You should just block them. Okay. Then, he's, he thought within himself. This is, he said, the field of a rich man. Eh? Bountiful. You give me that verse 16. The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, what shall I do? Since I have no room to store my crops. But very soon you realize that to have 10 bank accounts is not enough. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. There are some contracts, before you get them, you must have a bank account with that bank. I met a man, he said he has 36 bank accounts. Yeah. 36. Now, you say, you have a dollar, you have a pound, you have a CD, you have a euro. amen. And to all I say, oh, I need a Swiss bank account. I need this. I need that. I need this. I need that. A place for my money. So he said, I will do this. Now, I will pull down my bands and build greater. And there I will store all my crops and my goose. Now, he didn't say that, and I'll store my goose. He said, oh, all my goose. The people in the boat that the, the flooding came, do you know they've lost their monies? All the money that was under the pillow. That didn't go into the offering basket. Oh. <laughs> now, I want to let you understand that. The plans you have for your life, it's not final because we can't tell what tomorrow holds. Remember Moses, he said we must take some. This one they say all. And I'll say to, now the first one is that I'll build a greater band and I'll save all my crops. Don't forget that one. So that's number one. Number two. And I will say to my soul, you have many goose laid up. Laid up. Then for many years. There's a man being born to my assemblies of God. He was called Mr. Same. He used to do this pottery business and chelewati business. He had so much money. But a very good Christian. Those days when we are raising funds in the church, he'll be the first to come. Any amount, and mostly he doubles the amount. I always say 10,000, he will bring 200,000, something like that. One day, he said that, 
if a cup of rice is sold for one million, that time one million was 100 cities. And that, my school fees in secondary school was 94 cities. So when somebody says, he's buying a cup of rice for one million, he said, me and my house will eat every day and throw some away. If a, a cup of rice is sold for one million, me and my household, we will eat and throw some away. Now that we have enough. That, that, that's like, that's, and not that he's like this man, he was a Christian. I mean, Mr. Sim is a Christian. But I just want you to know that there are people who have said that even if Ghana, one liter of fuel is 700 Ghana cities, me and my household will never drive Corolla. In other words, the fuel tank will always buy the car with the big tank. V8 and the rest. No matter the amount, how many of you have heard that? No matter the amount, the V8s don't leave the road. No matter how the fuel, and their fuel consumption is not like your own car. Your own, you buy 300 cities, you can use it for the whole day. Then they buy 3,000 for the whole day. And then tomorrow they buy 3,000. <laughs> hey, somebody's, how many of you have somebody's fuel is your rent? <laughs> One man told me that his fuel tank, the food tank is 3,600 cities. That's the food tank. And when he goes to Kumasi and he comes back, it's finished. Yes. So, sanity. <laughs> then he says, for you have many goods laid out for many years. So, take your time. In other words, be at ease. Relax. And if you have many but we know Arab be at ease eh? and eat and drink and just engage in things that makes you happy. Do you know what? He worked all his life to eat, to drink. And to engage in things that to make him happy. That's what that's how most of, most of us, if the whole world we are allowed to only wear one cloth, eat one type of food, and has all the essential nutrients, we will not work again. Why do you have to buy ten clothes? But we want to wear ten clothes to make somebody see that we are different. Now, when you come to the rich man in hell, which is one of the deceitfulness of riches, the Bible mentioned two things about him. The Bible says he Act sumptuously, and he was clothed in purple. So, when the Bible was defining him as a rich man, he spoke about what he eats and what he wears. Uh-huh. Let's, let's continue. Do you like all the examples we are giving? Then he said, Now, when you get money, you realize that where you have been eating is not good. Somebody took me to a British restaurant. And we're not allowed in because of the dress we were wearing. You are not allowed to wear. He knew it. And he said, okay, let's go and see. Now, when you see the, the British coat, that when they say they are going for dinner, it's like a, a, a date. Like It's not like you're going to eat. It's like you're going to have an experience. And your dressing has to be formal, and not just in a wear your tie. No, 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 no. 
And that's how rich people eat. They, that's, it's like they have to be candles. And... Meanwhile, the food they enter the stomach. Oh. Then he says, he said to them, Fool! This night your soul will be required of you. Now, why did he say that this night your soul will be required from you? You know prepositional phrases and their functions? Okay, because of time. Don't worry. Then, whose will those things be? Whose will those things be? The things that you are proud of. Which you have provided. Whose will they be? Now, what is so wrong with having a bank account to put your money there? What is so wrong to eat and to drink and be happy when the Lord has blessed you? But that was all he had plans for. So he says, who he, so he who lays up treasure for himself, so is he, so is he who lays up treasure for himself. And it's not, don't forget that clause. And it's not, and it's not, and it's not rich towards God. The man was rich, but he was not rich towards God. And I would say, everybody who has money and is not rich towards God, this is, this, is, this is how they are. This is how they are. Busy, busy, busy. He, he laid treasures. I realize that most people who are looking for money are not looking for money to spend them. They are actually looking for money to save them. Because if it's about what to eat, to wear, and those things, at a point in your life, when those things are actually provided for, but what to lay up so that you can have faith and confidence for tomorrow. They call it securities. That's why every investment company is called security. Financial. Don't even talk, say financial. Just say security and we, are, we know we are talking about money. Next verse. So, he said to his disciples, this is the lesson. I said to you, do not worry about your life. So, this is the sickness of the rich man. He was worried about his life. Will I marry? My friend said we should go for a party. There will be some nice people there. Maybe one of them will hook up with me. Will I get a job? Will I pass my exams? Will I stay in Transacosom? Will I sit in my own car? Do not worry about your life. This worries is the reason for all the errors men make on this earth. Don't forget about the sparrow. Don't forget about the head that is numbered. Then he says, he said to his disciples, I said to you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat? Know about your body. What to put it on? We are laboring for food and for clothes. Close to show class. Food for longevity. It's life. Not more than food. And the body more than clothing. 
Consider the ravens. For they neither sow nor reap, which have neither storehouse nor barn. Omoni bank account. What's a raven? Crow. Have you seen a crow's bank account? Where do they save food? What they eat, they eat today, hoping that God will provide tomorrow. Are you saying that we should not have bank account? I'm saying have faith in God. You will never worry again. Even you without a job. Have you not been eating every day? He says, God feeds them of how much more value are you than the best. Then he says, which of you by worry can add one cubit to his stature? Now the service is changing. If you then are not able to do the least, why are you anxious for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God clothes the grass, which today is in the field and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, fire, how much more will he clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. And do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. For all these things, the nations of the world seek after. And my father knows that you need them. I think you want them, but he says you need them. Seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. Do not fear, little flock. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It is your father's good pleasure. What is the kingdom? Riches, wealth, and honor. Sell what you have. Number two, give alms. Number three, provide yourself money bags which do not grow old. What is that money bag? I need one. A treasure in the heavens that does not fail. Where no thief approaches, no moth destroys. It will shock you. Some of you have no bank account in heaven. I love it. If he dresses the lily with beauty and splendor, how much more? How much more? If he watches over every sparrow, how much more? Let me tell you something. See, for now, many of us cannot relate to this verse. But let the Lord bless you with your dream job. Let the Lord bless you with your good spouse, wonderful children, 
Then you begin to move around all over the world. Suddenly, the believer has, does not go to church again. The believer does not serve again. Go right now, you don't have much to do. That's why you think that you can't relate. Some of you, if you get a scholarship to go to Saudi Arabia, you will go. Not because God is there, but because oil is there. Money is there. Money is there. Money is there. How can you stay in a country for two years? You, go, you can't go to church because there's no church there. And you went there gladly. You are like this rich fool whose interest is to gather money and gather them into his bonds. Eat, drink, make merry. But to abdicate any possibility of having treasure in heaven, you are not interested. You are not interested. I'm not interested. Every time I preach here, my account in heaven increases. Yeah. Yeah. I could have done something else with my life. But I decided to be an ambassador of Christ just to extend his goodness to men. Why not? He is faithful. When you work for the government, they pay you per day. If your salary is straight, that means they give you 100 CDs every day. So I can imagine. So once you have worked seven days, don't you have 700 with the Ghana government? That's what is going on right now. Every labor for the Lord. Every busying for the Lord. Don't get rich and forget God. Don't, when they marry, they stop becoming serious with God. I don't even know where that spirit comes from. You were serving God gladly when they married. That's all. Now it's about, I have my children. A man's enemy shall be those of his household. Now it's your children that have become an enemy of God. So pastor, you don't understand. My husband is a very demanding man. No, I do an enumerate 10 p.m. No, I share 19. No, I bore powder. This is not where you should labor for. This is not where men gather riches. Look at it here. Look at it here. Where they gather treasures, he said it is in heaven. How much can you serve one man? You have lived your entire life serving one man. I went to preach for I went to pray for a woman. The husband was Ghana's ambassador to one of the countries. Like you could see the woman has lived all her life serving the husband. That man, when he's with the cook from they have to remove every bone from his meat. Very rich man. Told the, the wife was working at airport, told the wife to stop. She was paying the wife twice her salary. And the wife told that Pastor, this money, I don't even know where they are. Because I don't buy anything. This man, but they, no, too bad. No, overborn to man. No, when the man died and we spoke to the woman, the woman said that Pastor. I don't know, but suddenly I feel like I've wasted my life. I've lived all my life serving this man. Not that I didn't do well by being a good wife, but what have I done for God? Look at us. We are looking at how to take our children to Akosobo International. How to take our children to... You didn't attend Akosobo International. Has God not preserved and kept you? He has preserved and kept you. I have realized that, like, when you come to my house, eh, there's a school my, one of my cousins attended. The school fees was like 10 times Frederick's school fees. Frederick did better than him in school. Go and check all the national science and math schools, those who won, and see if they attended those type of schools. Those are fantasies. 
But a man can be so obsessed that my children must go to Wesley Girls. My children must go to Akusomo. These are all rubbish. And when I talk to people with those type of vision, I stay away from them. It's God who takes care of men. Pray for them that God will position them in life and leave it to God. But no, my children must stay here. They must go here. They must have British accent. They must have these eternal desires. You are, you are, you are, your cousins came from America. When they started speaking slangs, suddenly you started getting angry with the man you have married. Sometimes some people, they want to be part of those who wear shorts and t-shirt and some club shoes and they play golf and work with East Legon, executive club members and those are rubbish. Rubbish. They'll be going for funerals. They'll be going for birthdays. That's, that's how they live their life. Oh. And you, the child of God, what could the acquire preset all students as a president? What could the Achimota president? One day I was saying that when we are doing wedding, even the alumina student, we should cancel it for the order of photography. What are you proud of in life? Some people have regretted that they didn't attend Achimota school. Because of that, they want to provide Achimota for their children. Mention uh, uh, the schools Adisadel, Presec, Prempe, Fansepem. No, I would not mention your school. Say, I know there. What, what, school, what school did Mahama attend? Now, next election, it's either Baumia or Mahama, isn't it? What school did Mahama attend? Bolly Senior High. Or Ganas. What about Baumia? Huh? Tamale. Naturally, I said Tamale, for never come before you go to Mota for school. I realize that the things that men are proud of, they are useless. One day you realize that your iPhone 15 will be lying by you and you'll be asleep. It's lying useless there as you are asleep. What car do you want to drive? You'll be on your bed asleep and the car is waiting for you outside. Do you know that you don't remember where you have put your certificate? <laughs> Pastor, are you saying we shouldn't go to the That's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that we should live our lives serving God. Not to be like this rich fool. In the Bible, he's called the rich fool. If you use a topical Bible, the heading there, the parable of the rich fool. And these are the teachings of Jesus. It's not John the Baptist who said these things. It's Jesus himself. They say, have to, now, all of you sitting here, how much do you have in heaven right now? I say they love not their lives into the This heaven, people have died for it. <laughs> so they have laid up treasures. Let me finish the reading. A treasure in heaven that does not fail, no thief approaches no mode to destroy. Next verse. 
For where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Why is Jesus telling all this? All because of the rich man. Don't forget. I said my first point. Things that will prevent us from serving God. Number one is deceitfulness of riches. And I'm giving you ten examples of people who were deceived by their riches. Number one is the rich fool. I'll come to Demas. I'll come to Judas. I'll come to all of them. For where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Let's go. He said, let your waist be guarded and your lamps burning. That's spiritual fervency. In the Bible, the lamp of the burning of fire is spiritual fervency. Zeal. And you yourself be like men who wait for their master. And he will return from the wedding that when he comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. Surely, now, all of these verses he's talking about is after the rapture. The Christians who will be left behind. Jesus will come from the wedding. The wedding is not every Christian who will be there. It is called the marriage supper of the Lamb. Not every Christian will be there. Some Christians will not be at the marriage feast. <laughs> If you read Psalm 45, it talks about the virgin who is coming to marry and her company, the people who walk with him. Now, when you talk about the parable of the ten virgins, many of us have not understood the parable of the ten virgins. The virgins were not those who were going to marry. The virgins were those who were going to witness the marriage. And there's another parable that says that somebody came to the wedding, but he was not wear clothes, so they told him to go back. How can the bride not be wear clothes? Have you seen a wedding that the, the husband said that my wife has, has not dressed well, so you should go? No, until you are finished dressing, you can't come out. So the bride cannot, can never wear dress that is not allowed. So there are people who go in as the bride, and there are those who come in as the company of the bride. And David prophetically spoke about the company of the bride. Those who come with the bride. Now, in the Bible, the bride speaks of the army of Christ. Christians who live their lives on earth as soldiers. They were the bride. They will be married. They will be the first to be raptured. And they will be in heaven for seven years. And afterwards, Jesus Christ will come and see the masters who are watching. He has returned from the marriage. So they are called the representative bride. They will represent the rest of the believers who were left behind. Remember the parable of the sheep and the goats. The sheep were those who took care of those who were naked, who were hungry, who were in prison. So they were not saved by grace. They were saved by the works they did. After the rapture, the dispensation of grace comes to an end. Then the believers who are left behind, they will be persecuted. Those who will help them will be saved because they helped the Christians who were left behind. The Jesus Christ called them, you did not do to the least of my brethren. You have not done it unto me. So the people he was talking to were not his brethren. You have not done it to my brethren, so you have not done it unto me. So who are they? They are unbelievers who at the time of the rapture were not saved. They did good to the Christians who were not ready. And that qualified them into salvation and they were called the sheep. 
I've done a teaching on the parables of Christ. That's the first thing I taught when we came here. The first series I did when we came to CV here. CV means Christian village. It's not curriculum vitae. <laughs> Blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes from the wedding, will find watching. Surely I say to you that he will guide himself and have them sit down to eat and come and serve them. But if he should come in second watch, if he should come in the second watch, the second watch, that's the first watch. What now? Our watch now is the first watch for the rapture. Then there is another watch. But look, if you are not saved now, the rapture when it happens, you it will not be easy. You will have to take the mark of the beast. Say, say, say. You cannot eat, you cannot buy, and you can't also die. Death will run away from people. Then, find them so. Blessed are those servants when he comes to find them so. Then he says, but know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief will come, he will come in the night as a thief. So that this thief here is not the devil. It's Jesus Christ. So if that master will know the hour which the thief will come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready. So how do you show you are ready? By serving God. Being busy for God. No matter what you do in the, uh, on this world, be busy for God. That's how you show you are ready for his coming. I'll talk about essential ingredients. I'll talk about bearing fruits, virtues, righteousness, sanctification, holiness, all of those things too. They are also signs. They say, therefore you also be ready for the son of man is coming at an hour you do not expect. So here he's explaining that thief. That is the son of man. And our, you know, then Peter said, hey, my friend, Lord, do you speak this parable to only the 12 disciples? Or to all people? It seems Peter knew that. Now, this discourse was in private. But of course, multitudes already had come from the verse 1. Multitudes came and began to speak. But Peter was spiritual to know that this thing is a teaching for successive generations. So he said, are you saying this to us or to all people? And the Lord said, who then is faithful and wise steward? Hmm. Whom his master will make ruler over his household. So he's talking about people who are working in church. No, pastor, no, no, you don't understand. I'm the assemblyman. I've been rendering voluntary service. That's not what he's talking about. He said his household. Assemblyman is not the household of God. The church is called the household of God. Last Sunday, I was talking about some of the names of the church. So he's talking about people who are ruling. Like, if you're in charge of the choir, you are ruling his household. That's rulership. If you're in charge of the ushers, that's rulership. If you are serving in the house of God. That's what it means. So, pastor, yeah, as we're doing a thing, somebody step on my toes and these people. No. No. You can't be proud. You see, you don't have any excuse. When you were in JSS, somebody took your eraser. You didn't leave the class. When you went to secondary school, they beat you. The seniors beat you. You didn't leave. When you went to the university, you were in a relationship with somebody in the school. The person broke your heart. You didn't leave. 
how come that now that you are serving God, you came to church, somebody spoke to you in a bad way and you are leaving? What excuse do you have? How do you put up with the world but cannot endure Christ? Go and see the mother and see how many times their own children have offended them. One day I was asleep. My face, wow! When I opened my eyes, it was final. Ah! Why? He got up from the bed and started running. He slapped me like a. You know, I didn't beat him. I just made a shame at home. And I, I just went. Then, after that, I go to stand on top of a video and throw him down. That's what we do. There are a lot of people in church who are not mature. There are a lot of people in church who are sick. Behaviorally, they are sick. Attitudinally, they are sick spiritually. You have to be patient. And if I want you to hear anything. But you see, that is why there is a reward for it. There was no reward, then it's a cheap work. Rana, if you want to go and sweep the road and see if somebody will give you money. <laughs> what they pay you for means that it's a difficult work. You think we the pastors, sometimes they think that the pastors don't go. Sometimes when people are talking, they think the pastor we have had it easy. Insults. Oh. When it comes to this point, Nana, as I'm tempted to give examples. Despising. Your church member will make you feel God has not called you. Yes. One man of God said something to me. I was crying. He said, Pastor, I've prayed for this girl. I've stood with this girl. This girl got a job. She said that our church is not good for her class. And I said, oh, now I said, who be that? Last time I was talking about a lady who died from cooking and the gas exploded. Her boyfriend was part of us. The boy told me that when our church gets venue and is looking nice, he will come and join. At that time, he was working with Deloitte, the guy. His salary was 9600 2014 or so. And brought the girl that the girl should be in the church. Whilst he goes to LIC, so that when our church reaches his level, then he will come. Yesterday I was talking to a man of God. He was crying. He said, Prophet, I said, Pastor, yeah, prophecy. He gave a prophecy to one of his church members that he should go and learn about lights. And that is where his prosperity is. The parents of the boy came to insult the pastor that how can my son who has finished university should be selling light? The guy persisted. Now the guy counts millions of dollars from lightning. He has contact ECG all over the world. He was there recently. The man sent him a message that, oh, all my life, you, have not, you, you should come and look around and check my showrooms and things. Say, hey, two shaho. Also, man of God, thank you for the prayers, Pana. Charlie, God bless you. He said, you're a wicked man. We are here looking for a place to even rent to do church. God has blessed you with this church. And you can't even give one CD to me. As a pastor friend of mine, 
Me church members are mafia na ma ekoma de na mo akoto prajia. Yesterday, look, I said no. I will host Wesley. I said, Pastor, my friend, I see you are going to be here. Now, Wakoto, he has gone to buy the prajia, this tricycle. What the tricycle is in the field, will be able to do it. He said that. He, he tested me and said, Brother, he has masters. He finished games. He has masters. You can see, I wanted to show you the picture of the project they have removed there, but my phone, no, the network is not opening. Um, to two times I was here. <laughs> was it? Ah, also for. I was studying. 11, 12, 15, I'm going to die. 2 30, and I'm sorry. I'm going to live prayer meeting with my church members. I'm going to be my name the Abraham is Ompo. Say say two hours now me did I know. Oh my God! The time you have between the bridge and the car ties, the ties. He's a pastor. I want I want to give I wanted to mention one of the people who is a member of his church. Who is a big man. A regional minister. But when he became he doesn't come to the church again. One day he even called me that we should pray for that man for appointment. That's why all the prophets they have a law. If it's a politician, we will charge. That's the rule. If it's a, we will charge them before we pray for them. <laughs> I, I don't think it's right, but that's how pastors suffer. That people don't know. People don't know. Church members, oh, they will, they will, they will. Oh, let me finish my reading. Am I done? Uh, we should close. It's only one point. Too. I'm just, I told you I'm reading the one chapter. Whom his master will make rule of his also to give them their portion of food in due season. That's feeding the flock. Feeding the flock. I'm a pastor. That one day a lady came to me and told me that she has 19 boyfriends. 19. Yes. And I sat her down. I said, where do we start from? I said, write all their names and go into your inbox and delete all their numbers. Or delete your hand account for say, Pastor, ask for this for the account. I said, why? He said, well, those ones, I love them. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Today, the person has left all of them. Yeah. All of them. All of them. Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. That's feeding the flock. Truly, I say to you that he will make him ruler over all that he has. But if that servant says, this, My master is delaying his coming and begins to beat the male and female servants and to eat and drink and be drunk, molestations, then the master of that servant will come on a day when he's not looking for him and an hour when he's not aware and will cut him into, into and appoint him his portion with unbelievers. And that servant who knew his master's will and did not prepare himself or do according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes. This is the persecution. It means they will miss the rapture. But he who, he who did not know yet committed things deserving of stripes shall be beaten with few. For everyone to whom much is given from him, much will be required. And to whom much has been committed of him, they will ask the more. I'm coming to say the reason why I'm preaching this message. It is here. I came to send fire on earth and how I wish it were already kindled. But I have a baptism to be baptized with. And how, go, 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 go back to verse, three verses behind. So, but he who did not know yet committed these things, deserving of strife, shall be beaten with few. What does that mean? It means because of this preaching, your punishment is going to be stiff. Because today you know. Ah, I shouldn't have come to church today. <laughs> Uh, you will hear it tomorrow if you don't come today. Because you didn't know. But today you know. Do you know? Yes. Okay. Now verse 50. Take heed and beware of covetousness. But I have a baptism to baptize with and how distressed I am till it is accomplished. Do you suppose that I came to give peace on earth? I tell you, not at all, but rather division. <laughs> For from now on, five in one house will be divided. Three against two and two against three. Father will be divided against son, son against father, mother against daughter, daughter against mother, mother-in-law against daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Then, he also said to the multitudes, whenever you see a cloud rising out of the west, immediately you say, a shower is coming, and so it is. And when you see the south wind blow, you say, there will be hot weather, and there it is. <laughs> Hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky and of the earth, but how is it that you do not discern the times that we are in? Yes. And why? Even of yourselves, do you not judge what is right? When you go with your adversary to the magistrate, make every effort along the way to settle with him, lest he drag you to the judge and judge deliver you to the officer. Officer, throw you into prison. I tell you, you shall not depart from there till you have paid every last, very today. You have paid the last, the very last might. Let me tell you something. Seeking to get material things at the expense of your soul is not wise. 
Today we have studied on the rich fool. Whenever you see that the Lord is lifting you, but your closeness to him is not the best, know that it is not a lifting from the Lord. He does not bless to add to your sorrow. The blessings of the Lord make it rich and adds no sorrow to it. And sorrow is when you are far from God. I can tell you, the more you are far from God, the more sad you become. All of us here, take it from me. No matter the issues of life, as you draw closer to God, those issues don't affect your mood. You are always okay. God is the one who sustains our joy. A man may not be laughing, but he's full of joy. A man may be laughing, but he's full of sorrow. Put God in your plans. Don't make decisions that will take you far from God. How? Oh, the guy is good. He's a nice man. He has beard. He has this. But even though he doesn't go to church, neither. Now, now, oh, it's not a wise decision. You are building treasures on earth. Very soon, your children will be like their father. Oh, but my, my husband is a good man. He doesn't, he does, but he doesn't speak in tongues. He doesn't go to church. He doesn't serve God. Do I have to be rich? Why not? Your father knows you have need of them. You have to be an engineer. Why not? Pharmacist. Uh, what again? Teacher, lecturer, whatever. But make sure. That no matter the level you get in life, this is the preaching, in case you are missing it. That's why I've taken my time. Anytime we are about to end, that's where the preaching is. The one is to explain us. I'm showing why we are preaching this. I'm showing the way to go by it. That there should never be a time in your life that God is not in your life. And it is not far. It's just a little blessing away. A little blessing. Rise up to fulfill your ministry. Rise up to be humble and serve God all the days of your life. Be found in church. Be found busy in yourself with God. That is where God wants you to be. Jump to your feet and let's close. If it rises that we Boys, let's sing it together. Oh Lord, order my steps. Let me be found useful. Let me be found useful. Lift your voice and just sing the song or just pray. Lord, help me. Avoid distractions. Please God, take my eyes off the main things of life. Let me not be deluded. Let me not be occupied by things. And forsake my soul. Lift up your voice and pray to God. This is the prayer for this moment. Lift up your and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, take me on the path of life. Help me maintain focus and not be swayed by the cares of life.
and the deceitfulness of riches let me serve you all my days on this earth lift up your voice and pray is not a part of seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness Father, we say thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we honor you and we give you praise. You have been by us and with us. And your word says you will keep us. Lord, keep every one of us from harm and evil. May we serve you all the days of our lives. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Put your hands together for Jesus. Have you been blessed? Have you been reminded of? Have you been made to be conscious? Glory to God. That's the work of a pastor. That when you forget yourself, he preaches to bring you back. That is the parable of the Lordship. I believe that today things have been recovered. And we will live our lives loving God and serving Him. Loving God and serving Him. May the Lord bless you. May He favor you. May He show you kindness. May He fill you with joy. In labors for Him, you shall be fruitful. May He protect you from harm and evil. No evil will prevail over you. Evil of sicknesses and diseases. Evil of demonic attacks untimely death, evil of accidents, misfortunes and evil occurrences they shall not have dominion over your life. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. In Jesus mighty name.